Hello, welcome to the Agriculture Podcast. I am your host, Mason Zink, and today we're going to be talking about free trade affecting agriculture. Now, to talk about free trade and what it means to the economy and agriculture in general, we have to define free trade. And the dictionary definition of free trade is international trade left to its natural course without tariffs, quotas, or other restrictions. Now, what does that mean? To dive into this quote more and define specifically what free trade is, we're going to define the other words used in that sentence. Now, the definition of tariff is a tax or duty to be paid on a particular class of exports or imports. So basically, how tariffs work is, let's say in Britain, British-made cloths cost $4 a roll, and a $25, or 25%, sorry, 25% tariff of $1 is added to the price when being imported to the United States. Now, the British-made cloth costs $5 a roll in the United States, and an American-made cloth costs four dollars a roll now essentially it costs more to ship it or it costs money to bring it in essentially that's basically how tariffs work and the definition of quota is a fixed share or of something that a person or group is entitled to receive or is bound to contribute Basically, that means, uh, let's say, uh, I don't know, let's say I owe my friend, let's call him Steve, $100 every month. That's the quote of how much I owe him, essentially. That's how, that's the word. So, the United States is... Uh, in two main free trade agreements. There's NAFTA, which is the North American Free Trade Agreement, and there's the USMCA, which is the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement. Now, NAFTA uh, is a treaty entered into by the United States, Canada, and Mexico, and it went into effect on January 1st, 1994. Free trade has existed between the U.S. and Canada since 1989. But NAFTA uh, strengthened that arrangement, essentially. Now, uh, since NAFTA was signed in 1994, uh, it effectively eliminated tariffs on most agricultural goods between the United States, Canada, and Mexico. Since NAFTA was enacted... Exports of food and agricultural products to Mexico and Canada have grown over $43 billion in 2016. That's a lot, which means we are trading more goods between our countries, meaning we can get more maple syrup, more uh, other stuff that America can't really grow, like avocados. Uh, We're getting more trade in between our countries, which is good because we need more resources, essentially. Or we get more resources. We don't need more. But we get more resources from this. Now, designed 
to replace NAFTA, the USMCA builds on important trade relationships in North America, and the agreement is expected to increase U.S. ag exports by two billion dollars, and result and result in a fifty or sixty-five billion dollar increase in gross domestic product. That's crazy! Sixty-five billion dollars increase of uh, goods coming in. That is a lot. So, there are currently 14 U.S. free trade agreements enforced with 20 countries. And there are way too many countries for me to discuss all of them, but there is a lot. Now, free trade agreements help expand foreign markets for U.S. producers and exports by reducing trade barriers fostering a more stable and transparent environment for trade and investment, protecting U.S. economic interests, and enhancing the rule of law. So, free trade, free trade, sorry, free trade agreements are, like, good because it helps expand foreign markets, which means we can get more stuff, and it's cheaper because there's no tariffs, no taxes, nothing. Which means, yay, more stuff and it doesn't cost as much. That's a, that's a good thing. Within a two-month span in the spring of 2012, the United States entered into two free trade agreements of great importance to American agriculture, one with South Korea and the other with Colombia. Four years later, in June of 2016, a deputy under under Secretary for Farm and Foreign Agricultural Services, traveled to both countries and saw firsthand the benefits of these agricultural of these agreements for U.S. producers. In Korea, he spent time with representatives from the cooperative organizations that partner with the USDA to promote U.S. food and farm products. The country has long been an important market for the U.S., but a number of sectors are seeing unprecedented success thanks to the U.S.-Korea FTA, known as CHORUS. The cooperators enthusiastically shared their stories, pointing out that not only are U.S. products now now more favorably priced thanks to tariff reductions, but that CHORUS has also developed better brand recognition for American goods among Korean sir among Korean consumers, sorry. He heard how sales of US food from cheese to cherries have dramatically risen because of course cheese exports are up twenty percent and Korea is now raking uh the, our second largest export market. And thanks to the elimination of Korea's 24% duty on U.S. cherries, the country now leads in all other markets in per capita sales. Our efforts have of almonds and Florida grapefruits to Korea have grown 60% and cranberry exports have increased 12, have experienced a 12-fold increase. There are additional opportunities on the horizon for U.S. markets, U.S. products such as pork for tariffs will be fully eliminated in 2016.
There are similar successes happening in Colombia. In the 2012 U.S. Colombia FDA has helped catapult the country from our 21st largest export market to our ninth largest. In Boyugita, he visited an outlet of PriceSmart, the largest operator of membership warehouse clubs in Central America and the Caribbean. PriceSmart just recently expanded to the Colombian market and has quickly become one of the country's major retailers of U.S. food products. It imports a host of U.S.-made goods, including cheese, sausage, apples, wine, frozen seafood, olive oil, and sun-dried tomatoes. This would not happen without the FDA. He also witnessed two other benefits for U.S. agriculture in both countries. He calls the first the American brand effect. It was clear that as foreign consumers become more familiar with American fruits, vegetables, dairy, meat, and other foods, they increasingly associate American with quality, safety, and nutrition. The success of early imports combined with lower prices from reduced tariffs has made food from the United States more desirable. When consumers in these countries want to, con want to purchase safe, affordable, and nutritious food, they, somehow th they now look simply for the American flag on their product. That is why retailers like Costco in Korea and Pricemart in Colombia have become so successful, they primarily sell affordable, quality American foods. He calls the second the goodwill effect. The fact that we have FTAs with these countries does not mean that selling to their markets is always easy. Because of our trade agreements, however, we are able to engage directly with our counterparts in a more meaningful way to resolve trade problems when they arise. For example, while in Korea, he was able to meet with government officials at the Ministries of Agriculture and Health to discuss reopening their market to U.S. poultry. Though he loved to take credit for Korea's sub subsequent decision to allow U.S. poultry back into their country, he knows that his engagement was a small part of years of work by many, including our foreign agricultural service team based in Seoul. None of that would have happened as quickly or as effectively as it did without our FTA relationship. The bottom line is that free trade agreements benefit U.S. agriculture. That's why this administration remains fully committed to en enacting additional agreements, such as the Trans-Pacific Partnership, that will further eliminate tariffs and break down trade barriers for American producers. We must also contribute to our to hold our FTA partnerships account uh, partners accountable for their commitments, not just on reducing tariffs, but also on labor and environmental standards that can lead to unfair competition and non and non tariff barriers that can block U.S. goods from having fair access to their markets. Agreements are also as good as our ability and willingness to enforce them, and America's farmers, ranchers, and food companies deserve nothing less.
And that was an article titled Witnessing the Benefits of Free Trade Agreements for U.S. Agriculture. It was published on July 18th, 2016, and it is available on the USSD, USDA's website. Now, I, I didn't have to read that whole article, but reading it explained the very details of why free trade is good, brand recognition, allowing other countries to use our goods, having us to use their goods and now the u.s is associated with quality safe uh, and nutritious food which is good because that increases our country's reputation essentially or yeah it increases our our country's reputation and our ability to serve healthy and nutritious and safe food to the world. The current 20 US FDA partner countries represent 10% of the world's GDP and 6% of global population, yet they account for 43% of US agricultural exports to the world, up from 29% in 1990 before the majority of US FDAs were implemented. In contrast, the share of U.S. agricultural exports corresponding with the rest of the world, excluding China, which soared as U.S. as a U.S. market after World Trade Organization Association in 2001, dropped from 69% to 42%. Under FTAs, the majority of U.S. export products enjoy an intermediate tariff reduction to zero upon entry into force, with most of the remaining tariffs phased out over time. Intermediate improved access has also achieved through, through, through duty-free tariff rate quotas that are sometimes included for sensitive commodities, often leading to full tariff elimination eventually. U.S. exports of the following products to FDA have, FDA countries have had increased, of, had increases of 15% or more between 1990 and 2015 as a share of U.S. exports to the world. Grains, grains and feeds, dairy products, poultry and products, beef and products, pork and products. And, veg and fruit and vegetables. Among these, corn exports to FDA countries had one of the most dramatic growth rates, rising from 22% of total corn exports to 60%. A primary reason for the surge was the expansion of TRQs and the event eventual elimination of all tariff and quota barriers in Mexico to U.S. agricultural exports under the under NAFTA, poultry and beef, poultry, beef and pork exports have also increased substantially due to NAFTA. One of the oldest and most comprehensive FTAs the United States has enacted, and in 1990, grains 
and feeds were about at 32%. In 2015, they were at 55%. Dairy was at 41 It is now at 65 Poultry was at 45 Now it is at 65 Beef was at 35 Now it is at 60 or 58 Pork was at 35 Now it is at 65 Fruits and vegetables were at six or 58 Now they are at 79 so that's a very dramatic increase from 1990 to 2015, whenever this was enacted. U.S. agricultural exports to Central America and the Dominican Republic more than doubled after the Dominican Republic-Central America Free Trade Agreement, also known as the CAFTADR, went into effect. From $1.9 billion in 2005 to $4.2 billion in 2015. The Dominican Republic is the largest market within the CAFTADR. That's hard to say. At $1.1 billion U.S. exports to the Dominican Republic constitute 27% of total shipments to the CAFTADR. There is a report that the CAFTADR has established more transparent process for trade and has helped expand exports of high-value products such as meat, poultry, and cheese, products that have previously faced restrictions. As a result, U.S. exports of consumer-oriented products have more than quadrupled since 2005, led by dairy, beef, pork, and poultry products, and prepared food. U.S. exports to Colombia more than doubled within three years of the beginning of FTA implementation. Rapid growth of corn, soybeans, and soybean meal. The U.S.-Colombia Trade Promotion Agreement also helped catapult the country from the 21st largest U.S. market to the ninth. The U.S. market share in Colombia jumped from 23% in 2011 to 50% in 2015. Elsewhere, U.S. market share of agricultural imports by Chile and Peru also had remarkable expansions following entry into force of trade agreements. In Chile, U.S. market share grew from 9% in 2003 to 15% in 2015. Now, led by feeds, poultry, uh, dairy, beef, and pork, and wine and beer. The U.S. market share in Peru nearly doubled from 16% in 2008 to 30% in 2005 with corn, soybean oil, and meal, and dairy products expanding the most. Overall, there is a remarkable contrast between FTA and non-FTA countries in terms of U.S. market share. At 40%, U.S. market share in partner countries is higher than in non-FTA countries, with only 11% or 9% if China is excluded. This, uh... 
something, I don't know the word, between countries, between the two groups means that on the whole U.S. exports are much more competitive with FTAs than without. Although, in general, U.S. exports to FDA countries are growing faster than to non-FDA countries, at times market conditions supersede superside effects of trade liberalization. For example, U.S. exports to Korea fell the following fell following the 2012 entry into the U.S. Korea. FDA, largely due to declines in the two largest export categories, corn and beef. Corn normally comprises over fourth, over one fourth of U.S. agriculture exports to Korea, but in the historic 2012 U.S. drought, slashed this share to just four percent in 2013. U.S. beef exports surged in the next two years before chorus was due to the worst outbreaks of foot and mouth disease in Korea in history and fell in 2012 as herd levels and beef production returned to normal levels. Outside of these extraordinary circumstances, U.S. exports of consumer-oriented products to Korea saw a 23% increase between 2011 and 2015. In particular, tree nuts, fresh fruit, prepared food, and dairy had all double-digit growth. All had double-digit growth under the Chorus Agreement. U.S. cheese enjoys zero-duty TRQ. That expands annually until all U.S. imports enter duty-free after 15 years. U.S. cheese exports to South Korea grew an immense 50% between 2011 and 2015, while the U.S. market shares also increased steadily from an average of 20% during the four years before inflammation to an average 35% after. Market share of U.S. non-fat dairy milk in Korea soared from 3% in 2011 to 23% in 2015. The United States has one of the overall lowest tariff rates for agricultural products in the world, averaging 5%. On the other hand, many of the largest U.S. export markets have much higher tariff rate averages, such as uh, 17% in Vietnam and 23.3% in Japan. Since the early 1990s, regional trade agreements have prolificified. I don't know how to say that word. A trend that's likely to continue. According to the WTO, uh, there are currently 20, 267 uh, regional trade agreements in force. The United States is only party to 14 such agreements. A USDA analysis shows that an increase in trade among FTA member countries is often accompanied by trade contractions from non-member states. In other words, U.S. suppliers are at a disadvantage compared to those in other countries that have negotiated and implemented more trade agreements. Now that is another 
article called Free Trade Agreements and U.S. Agriculture published on June 24, 2016 and is also available on the USDA's website. Now that is all I have today and I will s- and it was nice talking to you guys about free trade and its effect on agriculture and the world economy and I will see you guys uh on Wednesday with another episode of the agriculture podcast with Mason Zinc.